Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Stuart Bothwell. I am the mission coordinator at the Evangelical Alliance. Uh, David Smith, public, public policy officer, is going to be joining me here in a few seconds. Um, but Don McAvoy, like shout out to Don. Uh, sorry, the scary there. Uh, Don has been hosting. Uh, Don has done remarkable work um, with Both Lives Matter, um, our campaign that I'm sure many of you have heard of and engaged with. Um, if you do want to find out anything more about Both Lives Matter, please go to the CARE stand um, in the exhibition area to find out how you can be a part of it. Um, Peter Linus is our team leader. Peter needs no introduction around these parts and I'm going to withhold any jokes in case he listens to this later. Um, for us as a team, it really is a privilege for us to work for the Evangelical Alliance. I'm sure many of you have engaged with our work, um, but in case you haven't, in case it's your first time hearing about us, we are a membership organization that represents evangelical churches um, Christian organisations and individual Christians all across the UK and Northern Ireland and ultimately more than anything our heart is to make Jesus known together as we seek to see his kingdom come across Northern Ireland and the UK and we do this in three different ways we do it through unity we do it through advocacy and we also do it through mission and um, let me just take a quick moment just to kind of unpack each of those for you in terms of our work around unity um, whether we like it or not, this is a time that is full of division within society. Um, division in families, division in communities, uh, division across society. But we want to paint a really good picture. And actually at what we think is a really accurate picture. Um, a picture of, a, of oneness, of a united, thriving, evangelical church that is vibrant and is diverse, but everybody is standing on the truth of God's word. And we want to see the fulfillment, ultimately, of Jesus' wonderful high priestly prayer that we would be one, and that actually through our oneness as a church in its diversity and in its vibrancy, that actually we would be able to reveal something of God's glory and his goodness and our identity as his children and be able to display that to society as a whole. But we're also for advocacy. Um, when many people are questioning the relevance of our faith and our love for Jesus, we want to demonstrate to Parliament, to uh, the media, to various organisations and bodies just how Christians are really, really good news for society. We want to be able to share stories of how people like you are giving generously, how we're giving sacrificially, how we're bringing so much public leadership to bodies around our towns and our cities. But also we want to give voice to the church um, on issues that really matter to us and ultimately in every single issue that we do address and we want to speak into we want to speak of a better way and speak of the goodness and compassion and also the truth of Jesus but we're also for mission and that is what we want to talk about today we ultimately believe more than anything that Jesus changes everything and we want to see many many people come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Saviour we want to be able to show that actually salvation is the best thing that is on offer to us as individuals, but to everybody in society. And we want to equip local churches like you and local individual Christians with the best resources so that each of us can go and share the gospel of Jesus with those around us and do it with confidence and with boldness. So we're for unity, we're for advocacy, but we're also for mission. And for us as a local team, you can connect with all of our work through our local website, which is reimaginingfaith.com. Um, even if you want to jump on your phone while we're talking, 
I'm totally okay with that. Just don't play Angry Birds or Tweet or whatever. All right, that's cool. Um, but please hop on to reimaginingfaith.com. You're able to check out all of the work that we're engaging with. And ultimately, more than anything, we want to equip you as a church to think deeply, to walk wisely, and to speak hopefully in a time of cultural climate change. One of the really helpful ways to connect with us is through Think Friday. Um, every Friday, we kind of look back over the week um, around issues that are really important to us as Christians and how we can engage with it. Um, it's on our Facebook, it's on our Twitter, it's also on our website. Um, so please do connect with Think Friday. And with that, if you do want to sign up to Think Friday and connect with us, I'm going to pass this around. It's got all the GDPR stuff at the bottom of it that you don't need to read. It's kind of like the really quick things that people say in radio adverts. Um, but if you do want to write down your name and email address, if you do want to connect with Think Friday, we'll just pass this around and collect it in at the end. Can I give that to you, Dave? Wonderful. All right. Today, we want to focus ultimately on the Great Commission. We want to look at what it means to be a missional people. We want to inspire and also equip you and your local church to live out the Great Commission with confidence and with boldness. And here's the thing. While we do live in a time that is contested, that is difficult at times for us as the church, we at EA really do believe that this is a time of remarkable opportunity. Time and time again, we are hearing story after story of people coming to know Jesus, of them responding to the good news of the gospel. And ultimately, that requires ordinary people like you and me boldly sharing our faith with others. And I guess what we want to share today is this is happening more than we think. There are more people coming to know Jesus than we hear about. Whenever we scratch underneath the surface, we find that people are coming to faith all of the time. And before we get started, I want to share one quick story of a life um, from East Belfast that has been radically transformed by the gospel. And now Stuart is sharing the story of the gospel with others. Chris. This God loves Stuart Harvey, just exactly who he is. I don't have to change to be something I'm not. I just have to listen and read and learn who he is. Hi, I'm Stuart. This is my story. I just lived a, a selfish Stuarty life, hating people, hating the world, and living from one Saturday to the next just from a drink, from a football. That was the only thing in life mattered. Not family, not friends, not church, not God. Just my drink and my football every Saturday. The Sunday morning was a bluff morning. I had to get up, come to church with two young sons. Well, they were young then, or big now, but. I had to get up on a Sunday morning, make my effort, go to church because I did want them to see me growing up, going to church because they were big mimickers of daddy, whatever daddy done, they done. And I could see that from an early age, so I wanted them to see that daddy goes to church, we go to church. And I was sitting in church a lot of Sunday mornings, shaking, like literally shaking, panicking, I was going to faint halfway through the sermon with my mask on, thinking, please sing the last time, please, closing prayer, I get out of here and get her around me and go home and get the fluids in them. The drinking was getting serious in the football and it was actually one time coming home from a match down south in Dublin and I was just in a bad way, I'd had a bad weekend, just really drunk and my family were there, I got them into the stand and once I got them in I was away to meet the guys and go on the drink and whatever else we got involved in and coming home from that a wee guy had asked me, what are you doing by that? You could have been in jail there the night. You could have been killed. And what about those, your wife and those two boys? And that just sparked something. And I thought, Lord, how did I get this low? That was my lowest point in life. How did I get there? And I thought, I really do need to take this God thing seriously. I really need to discover who this Jesus really is. 
But I felt I didn't know how, and I just one day walking in the mornings met a guy from a church, and he'd ask me where I was at spiritually. And I said, look, I'm struggling, and I'm watching other people in church, and I can see what they have got. But I don't know how to get there, and I feel I need to spend me a new time with God, but I didn't know what that was about. So that's when we started a journey with him. Every fortnight I was meeting him, and we started looking at who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, and how I go about discovering what it means to me. For me now, I suppose the main thing for me now is that I want to tell everybody else, I just feel I've discovered something that so many even Christians maybe don't fully understand, but so many people out there haven't a clue what's going on. So I started sharing my faith with the guys from the football that I used to be involved with. And I became a street pastor, which is a big part of my life now. I'm out in Belfast and Ards and North Down, serving God around the parks, around the streets, anytime from 7 in the evening to 2, 3 in the morning from drinking on the streets to now praying with people, sharing with people and telling them about real joy. It's great to earth what we're talking about today right down into the story of someone's life, like Stuart. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this part because you've come to a seminar called The Great Commission. Uh, so I hope you don't need convincing that sharing the good news of Jesus is a good thing. But I do think there's value in stopping for a minute and asking or reminding ourselves why. We, we speak up out of love for God. We speak about the things and the people we love. I will speak about and defend my wife and my family because I love them and I have relationships with them. Um, It's not a duty. It's not something I have to think twice about. It's natural for me to speak about them frequently. I am orientated to speak in their favour. Philippians 3, 8 says, I count all things as lost compared with the surpassing excellence of knowing Christ my Lord, for whom I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Romans 1.16 I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. So we speak because we love God. We speak about Christ. We, we want to share our faith because we love the lost. And because Jesus is the only way to a saving faith um, in God. Acts 4.12 says there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. 1 Timothy 2.5 For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. Think about this just for a second. The gospel has been entrusted to us over the course of 2,000 years because people have faithfully passed on the good news. You're sitting here, Stuart's given his testimony, because someone has faithfully passed on the good news to you or to him. Will, will we pass it on to someone else? And then this, I just want to think about this for a moment. We speak up because we are commanded and we are commissioned to do so. John 17, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. This was Jesus' prayer for his disciples in the weeks and in the months ahead. Um, and those who came many years later, us. 
And the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Jesus again sending. And I want to take two words and just spend a little, a few minutes on each. Sent and ambassadors. I think these are two really helpful images as I go about my daily Christian life that that help to earth the Great Commission. Do we live daily as people with the knowledge that we are sent? It's a really simple word. Imagine how much our lives might change if we move from a mindset that saw ourselves simply as meandering through life to people who are sent by Jesus with good news sent. I believe this small change of seeing ourselves as as people who are sent can have a profound consequence on how we see God, ourselves and others. So a God who sends, a God who sends reveals to us something of who God is. We see a, a God who saves, a God who loves, a God of providence who commissions and sends his people to help fulfill his purposes that the whosoever should come to faith. People who are sent speaks to our identity. People chosen by God. It speaks to our purpose. We're people who are sent with a message on a mission. And it speaks to our relationship. People loved by God, sent to love and to serve our neighbours with the love and the good news of Jesus Christ. So that simple word sent I just want you to think about that even in the week ahead. Do you ever see yourself as sent? Is that something, is that part of your identity? It's really helped change my understanding of mission by seeing myself as someone who's sent. And we are sent as, as what? Well, one image is ambassadors. We are sent as ambassadors. I love the image from 2 Corinthians 5.20. Ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. There's lots of helpful uh, images in scripture as to what it looks like to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ who lives out the Great Commission. But I I think ambassadors really lands with me in a slightly different way. And I think it's very appropriate for this moment that we find ourselves living in. The language of ambassador is deeply political. You might recognise these words. This morning the British ambassador in Berlin handed the, the German government a final note stating that unless we heard from them by 11 o'clock, that they were prepared at at once to withdraw their troops from Poland, a state of war would exist between us. I have to tell you that no such undertaking has been received, and that consequently this country is at war with Germany. Uh, By uh, Arthur Neville Chamberlain at the start uh, of the war. Ambassadors are involved in those most sensitive areas of life, and relationships and conversations, issues of sovereignty, who is in charge, God or you, issues of war, uh, or war on sin, and declarations of peace between God and humanity through Jesus Christ. This is the work of an ambassador. Ambassadors are sent from one kingdom to another. They have a purpose. They're not just there on holidays. They're not there to live as citizens or to do what they like. They decide to, they don't just decide to go themselves. They are sent. Ambassadors are sent. They're sent to live in one culture, but they're loyal citizens of another. They're sent with the purpose of representation to another culture. And they're sent under the authority of the ruler to live in a foreign land. 
And at times, the contrast between the sending culture and the receiving culture will be sharp. Ambassadors have to learn to understand, to read two cultures at the same time, and to practice diplomacy, translating their message appropriately. Stu's going to pick up these ideas and take them a bit further, looking at what it looks like to, to practice the way of Jesus as we share his good news. Um, let me uh, take us to another point of Jesus sending, and this is Jesus sending his disciples, um, sending out the twelve um, on mission for the very first time. In Matthew 10, verse 7, Jesus says these words, As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus sends out the twelve with this message to go and to declare the nearness of the kingdom of God. And what's interesting for us as we look back at the gospel of Matthew is that we see that Matthew is doing something really, really interesting in this text. Because these words have cropped up before. These words are exactly the same words that Jesus uses at the start of his own ministry. Whenever he's been 40 days in the desert wrestling with the evil one, he comes, begins his public ministry, and he uses these words, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Exactly the same words that Jesus asks his disciples to go and say. In the three years of Jesus' public ministry, he gathered this unconventional bunch of disciples. And following the training model of rabbis in his day, Jesus didn't gather these disciples simply just to fill their heads with information. But he gathered them as apprentices, as those who through practice, intentional practice, would go on to do exactly the same things that Jesus himself did that they would go on to demonstrate and to declare the nearness of the kingdom of God and do it all as Rick taught into so helpfully this morning through the enabling of God's empowering presence, his Holy Spirit. He chose ordinary, unconfident, everyday, bumbling people like you and like me, or maybe that's just me talking about myself. The question is that we want to get at today is what have we been sent to do We've been sent, but the question is, what have we been sent to go and do? And I want to look to 1 John chapter 2 just to get us going. John says these words, If anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. And this is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. We are sent to live the Christ life in the Christ way today. We've been invited to live Jesus's life here today. Whether it was in his teachings or whether it was how he acted, we get to look at the entire life of Jesus, not simply just to be admired, but actually this lifestyle is something that we get to imitate. Jesus wants us to do the same things that he did. We must continue, of course, to admire the Lord, to revere him, to love him, to worship Jesus as Lord, that goes without saying. And yet, we must also see what Jesus was up to in the three years of his public ministry. He was the teacher. He was the rabbi. He was training these disciples and ultimately training us for life in the kingdom of God. He displayed his life as the blueprint, the life that we get to follow and live out, that we get to incarnate amongst us today. 
You know, so often we think about the teachings of Jesus, we listen to them, we engage with them, we take them on board, but we just let them remain as ideas or even remain as theology. And listen, I am all for that. But ultimately, we take these theories, we let them sit at that sort of level. We don't allow them to take on flesh, to take on skin, to take on bones. John is saying in this passage that we are to live the life of Christ, that we are to put his teachings into practice, that they are to feature in our everyday lives, that we are the master's apprentices. And so whenever we see Jesus engaging in these sorts of things, there's a list that's going to come up, sharing the gospel, teaching the way of apprenticeship, healing the sick, silence and solitude, eating and drinking with those far from God, doing the work of justice, Sabbathing, investing in intimate friendships, learning the scriptures, forgiving, fasting, sharing sacraments, serving the poor, peacemaking, praying and building community. We are to see a blueprint for our lives also. We are to reconstruct our lives around the practices of Jesus, repeating them every day so that they become part of the daily rhythm of our lives. The master, Dallas Willard, called the great omission the fact that for so many of us in Christian circles, we don't train people to do everything that Jesus taught us to do even though that is right at the heart of Jesus's ministry, his great commission for us as his followers. Willard puts it like this, a disciple is a learner, a student, an apprentice, or it can be summed up best as a practitioner. Disciples of Jesus are people who do not just profess certain views as their own, but apply their growing understanding of life in the kingdom of the heavens to every single aspect of their life on earth. We are to be those who tangibly root the practices of Jesus into the daily rhythm of our lives. Jesus invites us into this full, immersive experience where we center our lives on him, reconstruct our daily lifestyles around his, and do what he taught us to do. It's pretty simple, and yet we are being invited to engage in this kind of life constantly learn and grow and practice and practice and practice we are ultimately invited into a life that is full of privilege a life that is full of admiration but also apprenticeship it is both and and this both and kind of life is a life that is full of privilege we get to worship the lord and yet also scandalously we get to become more like him by doing the things that he taught us to do And can I be so bold just for one second to say that one of the things that has robbed me personally of the privilege of living this kind of life, this life of admiration and apprenticeship, I've robbed myself of that kind of life whenever I professionalize faith. Whenever we professionalize faith, we defer the practice of faith to others, to professional evangelists, to the pastors, the youth leaders, to the Christian organizations. And whenever we do that, we see these incredibly gifted people most of the time at work. They do a remarkable job and we think to ourselves, look at them at work, that is amazing, but I can never do that for myself. We defer the responsibility of practicing our faith. We look at these people and we say, I do not have the skills, the training, the words, or even the courage to be able to do that. I love the words of John Piper. Whenever he says, brothers, sisters, we are not professionals. 
And I also love the words of John Wimber whenever he says that we all get to play in the kingdom of God. The life that Jesus has invited us into is not a life that is reserved for the few, for the elite, for the intellectuals, or the most practiced. That this is not for the best of the best. This is a life for each of us to engage in. And to go full circle, in Mark's description of Jesus sending out the twelve, he sends them out saying, take nothing for the journey. Just take your staff Take a bit of intentionality, bring some friends along and have a heart that is willing to practice. Take nothing else for the journey. The life of Jesus is an everyday kind of life for people like you and me to engage in. And we do that so that we can go and share our faith in our communities. We can pray for people in the supermarket. We can invite strangers around our dinner table. We can invite people to life explored courses in our church. We can give generously. We can walk patiently with our friends and family who don't know Jesus. And we can even share the good news of Jesus in our workplaces. What a privilege it is that we get to not just follow the Lord and worship him, but actually we get to go and practice the same things that he lived out in this world. Not that we can just admire him and simply leave it at that, but actually in his power, we can go and join him in his work today. I want to hand over to Dave as he talks about this really practically, about what it looks like for us to share our faith in the workplace. I suppose today's seminar is about resourcing you. Stu's going to speak about the Great Commission website, and he's going to go into a bit more detail. I want to draw this little resource to your attention, and I'm not going to go into detail because you can read through it yourself. But there's no doubt that we have a mandate to share our faith, but I think there is some doubt out there. Um, There's doubt about what we can do and say in public life as Christians when we go about sharing our faith. And I want to take a few minutes just to look at that um, and to yeah, draw attention to this short resource. If you don't have a copy, come and see me at the end and please do take them away. If you would like 10 copies, we can arrange that. Um, but it's, it's uh, a resource produced by Evangelical Angst and the Lawyers Christian Fellowship. Um, and I'll just talk about that for a few, a few moments. I think it's important for the context that we're living in. I think um, there is a perceived confusion out there at the moment. We want to bring clarity and we want to give confidence as people go about sharing their faith. So first of all, context. Even as the earliest Christians began to share their faith, they were met with a mixed reaction. Some people accepted the message gladly, while some sought to censor or to silence those who spoke the good news. And not much has changed from those early days. We continue to live in a world where the claims of Jesus Christ are welcomed by some, while the same message is considered deeply offensive by many others. But for decades, if not centuries, we have in the UK lived in an environment where talking about and discussing our faith in Jesus is a normal part of everyday life for many people. However, in the last number of years, it does feel like there's a deepening chill in the air. We live in a society which Uh, where it's maybe increasingly difficult to share our faith and hostility can maybe just seem round the corner. We are living in an increasingly secularised world, one in which issues of faith are being pushed to the margins and there are some deep concerns, legitimate concerns, about the directions of travel. 
small but vocal elements would have us believe that Christianity should be kept as a purely private matter. That speaking about faith with non-believers would be profoundly unwelcome. There has also been the occasional situation when talking about Jesus has led to a Christian getting into trouble. And the media can seize upon this and report the rare case, um, whether it's a, an arrest of a street preacher or the disciplining of an employee in a work situation for, for talking about their beliefs in the workplace. But on the, on the other hand, we live in a, a society where the language of freedoms and rights is trumpeting more than ever, and where we have amazing protections uh, from religious discrimination granted by domestic legislation and European legislation as well that I understand will continue to apply post-Brexit, but who knows. Um, ours is a, a multi-ethnic plural society where people are encouraged to tolerate and embrace religious diversity, including Christianity. And given those rights, it should follow that there's a greater opportunity to talk to others about our faith. But maybe this is where the confusion has arisen. As one person so succinctly put it to me, a cloud of doubt has come over many Christians. They find themselves asking, well, hang on, do our laws prevent me from talking about Jesus in certain situations? What can I say um, in work, on the street, on social media? Could I get into trouble there? Well, what about the, the case maybe I heard in the news? Uh, and there's been a few, as I say, a small number but high-profile cases, and so people maybe just hold back. They're maybe confused. And with this cloud of doubt, um, people can even retreat or feel silenced. Um, the default position maybe becomes that just of hesitating, whereas before we might speak up or share our faith, we maybe just hesitate. Also, Jesus made the audacious claim to be truth. We have a, a duty as Christians to share this truth graciously, we share into this context of confusion in, in a world that, that talks a lot about post-truth. And the thing about post-truth is when we stop believing each other, we stop trusting each other, and this has profound effects for society. So I would say society needs truth more than ever. And it leads me to my, my third point, clarity. For many centuries we've enjoyed this freedom to share, discuss and debate religious beliefs, and that, that protection does exist today. And this little booklet will outline that for you. The protection is found in common law and domestic legislation like the Public Order Act 1986 and in European legislation, the Convention on Human Rights. But how does this work in everyday life? Well, we needed lawyers to give people the clarity that they needed, but we also wanted to unpack what that could look like in the workplace and on social media, um, online, in your home, maybe a holiday camp, and so this resource is designed to show that the law is committed to freedom of speech um, and that that's a jealously guarded principle. And we want to restore confidence. But we, 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 we have these amazing freedoms, but they are a bit like a, a muscle. If we don't exercise them, they can waste away. And so it is that final confidence that we want to give you today. We want to... Um, call for Christians to act with wisdom and sensitivity. Because sometimes, as unpopular as it might seem, people are not fired or disciplined or socially marginalized because they're Christians, but it's because they're rude, insensitive, or disruptive in the workplace. And we need to understand the context that we're speaking into. It doesn't mean that there's no restrictions or limitations, 
Um, but it does mean that the existence of these legal protections should guarantee that a Christian won't, um, has the freedom to suffer their faith, but it doesn't mean that they will, we will never suffer punishment for sharing our faith. The Bible does not promise that. Um, for those of us who love the Lord, our message of hope is impossible to contain. It will inevitably bubble up and over into our conversations with friends and family. Amid the religious illiteracy, the confusion and the attempts by some to chill the atmosphere for the public expression of Christianity in the UK, the reality is that every day thousands of people are sharing their faith in Jesus in work, in public, online. The question for us, I suppose, is are we one of them? Wonderful. There are loads of copies to speak up um, around the seats, uh, maybe closer to the front. So if you are sitting at the back and do want a copy or would like some of us, uh, some of us send them to you, please do come and speak to us at the end. Um, we also want to resource you in another way uh, today. Um, we at the EA want to support local churches and their leaders as they take up the call of Ephesians 4 to be involved in equipping the saints for the work of ministry in their every single day. And so we want to resource the church to go and share their faith with confidence and with boldness. And this is what the Great Commission is all about. Uh, Great Commission is an online hub that has been, been created by the EA to inspire a passion for sharing Jesus, but also to empower us with confidence to go and to speak about him. There are loads of flyers that are sitting on your seat. Um, but particularly for those of you who are leading churches, you're leading small groups, you're leading youth ministries, this website is a wonderful resource for you and it will serve you really, really well in your leadership. Um, I want to show a bit of a tour of the site, um, which is greatcommission.co.uk. You can bounce onto your phone if you do want to follow me on that, greatcommission.co.uk. Um, it's working. Awesome. Great. Um, shout if it doesn't, all right? Um, there's four sections to the Great Commission website. Watch, read, pray, and act. Firstly, watch. Every single Monday morning at 9 a.m., we release a good news story, just like the one that you saw at the start of this session with Stuart from East Belfast. And we also share it on Facebook, on Twitter, and also on Instagram if you're under the age of 21. Um, either um, it's a story of somebody who's sharing their faith um, so we can be encouraged about what God is doing amongst us. Um, it's, or stories of people who are coming to faith for the first time. Um, it's wonderful and such an encouragement whenever we sit down and work 9 a.m. on a Monday morning to be able to see God at work amongst us. People from all across the UK coming to faith or sharing their faith. And there's something about stories. There's something about hearing people coming to faith and also sharing the faith that actually we think to ourselves, you know what, if they can do it, then I can do it too. Nobody on the videos that we show are professionals. Um, they are all practitioners. They're people like you and like me, ordinary people who have taken risks and have seen remarkable fruit. So that's the what section. There's also the read section. We want to equip you with articles around evangelism. And um, they're all written by practitioners, some folks who you will have heard of. Uh, so Gav Calver, um, who's the director of mission with the Evangelical Alliance, who spoke here two years ago at New Horizon. Um, he um, is kind of the mastermind behind the whole thing around the Great Commission. Um, he has written for this. There's Jay John has written. Mike Pilavachi has written for us. Loads of others. But there's also loads of articles written by people on the ground like you and me. And what I love about the read section is 
it actually it focuses mostly on seasons. So whenever the World Cup was happening, there were articles around how can we engage people with the World Cup? How can we have parties? How can we engage people around football? We're already looking to going back to school. Sorry, teachers. I know the countdown's already started three weeks to go. I actually don't feel sorry for you whatsoever. Um, but the countdown's already kicking in. So we're thinking about, okay, what does it look like to train our children as they go back into school? As teachers, what does it look like for us to go back into the workplace and share our faith? We're already thinking about going back to uni, already thinking about Christmas time. And also there are links to speak up on the Great Commission website. It's a brilliant resource. Please do share it with your friends and with people involved in your local church so we can go into our workplaces, onto the streets, into our communities with confidence. There's also the pray section. Prayer is so, so key whenever it comes to sharing faith. Prayer and evangelism, I think, do go hand in hand. And so there's also tools and resources that allow you to see the relationship between prayer and evangelism. But there's also links to many UK and Irish prayer networks that you can engage with. But right at the heart of the Great Commission website is the ACT section. Um, We at Great Commission have gathered together 200 of the best resources on mission and evangelism for you to engage in. None of these resources have been created by the Evangelical Alliance, but we are a unity movement that wants to provide a really simple entry point for you to be able to engage with the best resources that we have in the UK and in Ireland. This website is particularly, it's really, really helpful for local churches and for ministry teams. All of the resources that we have are broken down into different topics, whether it's children and youth, sharing your faith with somebody from a different faith, uh, church planting, stuff that's happening on the streets, family ministries. Um, they're, all the resources can be tailored so they're relevant to your context and to your missional style. Um, it allows you to be able to share this with your local church so that individual members can say, actually, no, that area that topic is really really suited to me and for somebody else it may be youth ministry so they can engage with stuff around that and um, each resource is categorized into a different time of year into a different type of tool it's also broken down into the types of people that you want to reach but also um, which i think is just the best part of the website it's also broken down into the stage of faith journey and um, there's a thing called the angle scale, which is a scale from zero to 10, the journey of people, the steps for people from not knowing anything about Jesus at zero to 10, which is they're just about to make a personal commitment to Jesus. And you're able to work along this scale to find different resources for people depending on the scale of where they're at. Let me give you a few examples real quick. Um, if you want to go, Chris, to the ACT section and then topics, Um, We are in summer. It doesn't feel like it whenever you go outside, but we are in summer. And summer is a great opportunity whenever people are off, people are holidaying, to be able to share their faith with others. Um, If you go to summer and then sports mission camp, uh, uh, sports mission pack, Chris. Um, So Christians in sport have developed an amazing resource called the sports mission pack. And particularly if you're thinking the next final few weeks as a church, you're wanting to engage with young people around sport Um, You may want to put on a sports quiz. You may want to put on some sports summer events. Um, Christians in Sport uh, Mission Pack is a really, really helpful way to engage with people in your local community. It's really simple just to be able to work around the site and just to be able to get access to all of these ones. Let me give you another example. Um, Chris, if you want to go to ACT and then the Stage of Faith journey. Um, So you're able just to work along. Perfect. And yes, scroll down and go over to the right a wee bit. Perfect. If you go to like five or six, that's great. 
So this is, we've picked somebody who's like five, somebody who's connected with faith, isn't a Christian yet, but is kind of engaging on that journey. And if you scroll down um, a little bit and you'll find Alpha along there somewhere. Alpha's down there somewhere. <laughs> if you did, even if you just search for it at the top, that's fine. Um, so um, one of the best tools around ultimately is Alpha. So many churches are engaging with it. And whenever you uh, just search for Alpha, you're able to pull it up and you'll see Bear Grylls, as we all do whenever we're driving along the street. Um, so you're able to engage with Alpha in this way. As you've seen, the website is so easy to use, gives you access to so many different resources. But one of the things that we're also able to do is you're able to set up an account and also set up what we call a board where you're able to pull your favorite resources into one really helpful board that you can share with people, whether it's your small group team, whether it's your youth ministry team, or whether it's your leadership team. Um, I have set up a board for you. So if you want to click the New Horizon board, and we'll be able to share this with you. If you signed up to Think Friday, we will send you a link to this. Um, it'll also be on our Facebook and Twitter um, later on today. Um, on this board, I have pulled together a number of resources that I think could be really helpful for you in your context here in Northern Ireland as you want to share faith with others. If you're involved in youth and kids ministry, um, I've put in there uh, the Kitchen Table Project, which is an amazing resource uh, developed by Care for the Family. Andy Frost, I think, is doing a seminar on it right now. Sorry you're not there. But it's an amazing resource about how you can capture every moments with your children to be able to share your faith with them that actually we can foster a culture of talking about Jesus with our children in a really really helpful way on the board there's also courses about exploring Christianity whether it's Christianity Explored or Alpha if you're a church that's in a rural setting there's a resource with you for you and um, Germany it's church training program is on there if you're heading to uni over the course of the next couple of weeks um, there's UCCF um, there on there about how that you can connect with a local small group and also a local CU. There's also brilliant resources from Fusion about how you can engage in a missional style um, whenever it comes to uni time. And also there's also resources about Talking Jesus, a six-week program, a video series. It's really helpful that you can just show in a small group setting to allow people to talk about how can I actually share my faith with others. Um, as well as that, there's also um, links to Crown Jesus Ministry and their church partnership program. Um, this board is super helpful. Um, so I'm going to be able to share it with you. But if you set up an account on Great Commission and pull together some resources onto a board, you can very easily share that with other members of your church, with other leaders that you are engaging with. So simple to use. And so I would really commend the Great Commission resource to you. It is a brilliant, brilliant tool. It's really, really helpful. It'll give you access to lots of resources around mission and evangelism. But the question that we want to land with is why? Why do we want to do this? Why have we spent so much time investing in this really, really helpful tool? And ultimately, simply, it is we want to see the church equipped confidently to go and to share their faith with others. We want to see many, many, many people come to know the Lord as their personal saviour. Ultimately, we do believe that God is up to something amongst us. Many people are coming to faith. And yet we want to inspire each of you with more confidence and with more boldness to go and to share your faith with others. So with that, I want to leave you with a challenge this morning. 
Um, actually, I want to leave you with two challenges. The first challenge is this. Who is the one person that you're praying for at the minute? The one person that you would love to see come to know Jesus as their personal savior. Is it a friend? A colleague? A son? A daughter? Somebody that you've seen in the supermarket? What would it look like for you over the course of the next number of days, even while you're here at New Horizon? What would it look like for you to send them a text, check in with them, and intentionally invite them around for dinner? Take them out for coffee. Bring them along to your church. Invite them along to the Alpha course that'll be starting at your church in September and October time. What would it look like for you to not just pray for that person, but actually intentionally go and practice this? Incarnate the way of Jesus and invite them to be a part of this. The second part of the challenge is this. And we'll send you this board Uh, the New Horizon board over the course of the next couple of days. You can also just engage with the Great Commission um, app on your phone over the course of the next couple of days. As you hunt around, as you explore these resources, which one resource do you want to investigate in August time? But which resource will you want to put into practice come September? It's summertime, we want to relax, we want to kind of take it easy a little bit, and that's all good. But which resource do you want to engage with, investigate a little bit, but which resource are you going to put into practice whenever it comes to September? Is it an Alpha course, a Christianity Explore course? Is it using stuff around UCCF or Christians in Sport? Which one are you going to practice and engage with? Um, please take home all the resources that are um, sitting on your seat. There are loads at the front. Um, if you want to grab some more. We are going to be here to chat afterwards if you want to connect with us, um, even if you want to find out more about anything that we do at the Evangelical Alliance. We'd love to connect with you. Um, Dave is going to pray in just a moment, but let me just leave you with this. Um, You have the privilege of being able to live the life of Jesus today, to be able to take up his call, his sending, his great commission. You have been empowered and you've been equipped. So the question is, are we going to go and put this into practice? Are we going to allow this stuff to remain as theory, as an idea, or are we going to incarnate it? Are we going to make disciples? Are we going to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Are we going to teach them to do not just one thing, but everything that Jesus commanded us to do? And are we going to do it with the deep joy of knowing that whether our lips are quivering, our knees are shaking, we are nervous and we have no clue what we're saying that even despite that Jesus is with us and will continue to be with us to the end of the age. Dave, do you want to pray for us as we close? Great, thank you. Um, Just aware that we've been plugging a lot of resources and hopefully you feel uh, equipped and encouraged or excited to go away and look at some of that in a bit more detail but sharing our faith isn't about a resource ultimately as we've been talking about it's about sharing our our heart our life a personal relationship with christ and so let me just pray for us as we go um and and do come and talk to us we we love to chat to you more about this let me just pray that let's uh, let me commission as as we leave this seminar as we go uh, as, as ambassadors for christ Father, you're so good to us, Lord, and you, and you invite us into your ways, Lord. You invite us to share our life and your life, more importantly, with those around us. 
you send us, Lord, with the invitation of life, um, life abundantly, Lord, and you, and you invite us to be part of the ways and means that you spread that across the world. And indeed, we're sitting here because someone faithfully shared the good news about Jesus with us. May we go and do likewise. May we be ambassadors, Lord, for you. May we go um, with your presence as representatives of you um, sharing the good news. And we pray, Lord, that these resources, Lord, would be of help. Uh, but more importantly, we pray that we would just share your heart and your love um, with everyone, Lord, that we would meet. So we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.